Hi everyone, this is Dave Wright and welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. Wherever you're listening, I hope you're having a great week working with your players. This week at PDP, as always, there's fresh content on the website. We've published a top new blog by rugby coach David Sharkey on Team Dynamics and our latest masterclass discussion with today's guest, Ken Lynch. On top of this, we've just launched our PDP Mentors Program, where you can book time for one-on-one consultations with our team, and we'll be adding more mentors to this very soon. I've also been online working with PDP Technical Advisor Dan Wright as we look to build content for an exciting new feature coming to the site soon, so watch this space. So as mentioned, our guest this week is Ken Lynch. Originally from Ireland, Ken works for High Performance Sport New Zealand as an athlete development consultant and he has a wealth of experience working with athletes across a variety of different sports. Ken's got a great reputation in New Zealand, particularly in his areas of expertise around athlete development and high-performance strategy. In this wide-ranging conversation, we dive into a number of topics, including the role of high-performance sport New Zealand within the local landscape, what makes New Zealand unique in a sporting sense, developing potential, and we tackle the role of sports science in youth sporting environments and why context is so important. I hope you enjoy the discussion and for the full version, as always, you can head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com and check out the Masterclass discussion section. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Masterclass discussion. Really pleased to be joined by Ken Lynch from High Performance Sport New Zealand. Ken, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on board. Looking forward to this conversation. We're going to cover some really interesting topics, I'm sure. Ken, can you give us a bit of a background of your own coaching journey and your role at High Performance Sport New Zealand? Sure, yeah, no problem. Uh, I've come the sort of long way around, I suppose, to to high performance. So I started as a PE specialist at primary level, um, which there wasn't too many around at the time. Uh, And then sort of drifted into secondary school uh, PE and blended with coaching, as tends to be the case. Um, coaching football, funny enough. Um, and then I, yeah, from that moved into the sort of ID development world. I'm in a little bit of service delivery in, in athlete life and team management at uh, the London Olympics for for Ireland. And then came back to New Zealand here for to lead the high performance athlete development team at HPSNZ. Excellent. And what does that sort of department or what does that team involve? So our, our role is to support sports in the effective transition of athletes into high performance in our in our target sports. Um, we do have a little brief, so we can go a little bit wider, but not, but not too much wider. But uh, but yeah, essentially looking at what what's the athlete pool like, um, how can we optimise it, and then how can we transition it effectively? Okay, excellent. And yeah, when I you talk. When you talk about those target codes, are you talking about uh, the sort of medal medal winning codes? We're talking Olympic sports, or are we talking across all sports? Ours is a mix, so predominantly Olympic sports, but mm-hmm. um, we've also got netball in there. So, yeah. you know, the vision for high performance sport is to inspire a nation through winning on the world stage, and that's in you know world championship um, or world cups in netball for example, uh, or Olympic and Paralympic Games. Mm-hmm. So we've been lucky enough as a small country with limited resource to uh, have the political will and the mandate to to focus. So just to target a certain amount of sports that we believe are capable of winning medals at this stage. Mm. Um, 
and and then the the investment i suppose doesn't get spread too thin so that allows us to go a little bit deeper maybe than um than other countries with similar resource excellent Ser seriously interesting and obviously quite a unique approach and new zealand has some unique advantages and disadvantages i'm sure which we can cover in terms of the talent pool as such, how do you go and you know identify those, or are you working in conjunction with the various sports to say, you know, which which athletes are you looking to send through, or which athletes are you profiling as the high performers, and then do you work with them and their coaches sort of in concurrence? Yeah, so we part of our strategy was um, to generate capacity and capability in the sport rather than have an external expert or uh guidance drop in and out okay. so um each of the sports that we work with has what we call a high performance athlete development leader and we work in partnership with them and their sport to identify best practice and then look to create the type of models and frameworks that support good process in id confirmation mm -hmm. you know uh and then and obviously that transition into high performance so the you know having someone in the sport that wakes up every day thinking about uh, development and the development space in that sport's a really um been a really good way to go for us mm -hmm. and uh just just those internal advocates makes a big difference for us then to be able to go around across you know that we have a team of two that works with 13 sports so for us to be able to consult into those sports and and affect some change mm. um, without those guys we wouldn't be able to do it really interesting and in terms of the new zealand landscape obviously new zealand on an olympic stage and international sport obviously high profile through rugby and other things like that is generally overachieved in terms of the per capita uh, kind of ratio when you look at it that way what are some of the challenges and some of those advantages that new zealand presents yeah, so being a small country, you tend to, it's easier to see those that are already in the sports system. So um, if you think as an example, somewhere like the US, how do you get to look at all the under 18s, you know, in a particular sport? So you're relying on regional networks, you're relying on state networks, you're relying on then local providers mm. um, to feed that through. Whereas a smaller network in a place like New Zealand better enables that sort of that identification and then the communication of current status, where people are at, what they need to do. Um, that's a that's a big advantage. You know, the the targeting around the investment is a is a big advantage. And then a small country being able to bring best on best together mm. uh, and have connection with quality coaching more often. Um, it's easier to do here than it is to do in a bigger in a in a bigger country. I've, I have a friend of mine who works in the states. I know when he got that job as a coach there, as a national coach, was wondering how <laughs> how he's going to get his eyes on everybody, right? So, yeah. so you know, he's come from Ireland, and you just kind of say, well, look, how many people, how many medals did you get in London? How many people are there in Ireland? Just pick a state. Yeah, pick one state. Yeah, <laughs> start there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so it's ultimately you can't and, and, you know, practicalities don't allow it. But, no. um, but that's the advantage of being four and a half million, 4.8 million people in a landmass the size of Great Britain, you know. So, so uh, you, we can get places and see people mm. pretty easy, which is uh, which helps keep you kind of grounded as well.
Mm. Now, talent ID, just to touch on that, is a fairly uh, you know hotly debated topic, especially in the world of football and, and in a lot of sports where the hunt for talent is going younger and younger and at times it's getting quite disturbing as to what um, programs are being labelled elite at what age. Is there anything around the idea of good practice? And I know there's probably not a generic answer across sports for this, but is there any advice you would give coaches or, or organisations around what good practice and talent ID looks like? Yeah, look, there's a lot to consider, as you mentioned, and there isn't <clears throat> as close as you can get to a generic answer, I suppose, you know, but the, you've got relative age effect and you've got things going on around biobanding and that's that's just one element of it. Mm. So so we are very aware uh, that those things are floating around, but I think if you were to identify some key principles around, well, first of all, how about we look at people over a window of time rather than a snapshot mm. is really important. Um, can we stay a little bit wider a little bit later um, because we know we have late maturers you know yeah we can we can use some tools to identify where they are in terms of their physical maturity but you know then you've got mental maturity then you've got where they are in their game sense and we talk about holistic development so you really have to run the rule over all those areas to be able to have a really good snapshot or a really good uh, understanding of their current status so so I think to do that you need more time mm -hmm. um, can you keep it a little bit wider for longer so that you've got more time with more people uh, and then there has to be some kind of strategy around retention so uh, um, you know it, it's kind of in some spaces it's it's apply pressure and those you know people will deselect and of course, and the assumption is that they're the ones that you don't want. Um, uh, and that's not always the case, right? Yeah. So uh, we put people under pressure, maybe we have them, you know, when we when we challenge people, we should support. So, you know, even in the proactive support, have we given them the tools to cope with the pressure we're about to apply? Mm. And I'm not sure if we have, what, if we do, you know, uh, I think we get a little bit lazy with ID sometimes too. and and you know we've had cases of team sports maybe suggesting that we're really good we're okay we don't need your help we've got 85 percent conversion from this level to this level and when you test it you know what's really happening is just a confirmation bias around the people they know mm. so you know they don't look at a new player it's it's uh, it's harder to get out than it is to get in yeah <laughs> You know, the 15% of people that are in are only because people deselected, self-deselected or were injured. Um, and that that's not healthy either. No. So it, it's a balance between, you know, you've got to open and close the gate every so often. Yep. And um, it's a gate to a program that's longer and wider than maybe traditionally um, is the case at the moment. So I think more people are thinking that way. I yeah. don't think it's foreign to people probably people are constrained by resource a lot yeah. of the time so oh, well if i add another 10 in that's going to cost whatever i got to bring another coach on or um but yeah it, it will depend on the age right so you know would you do that at 17 depending on the sport um but it doesn't seem to make sense to do it at 13. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, obviously very relative to the sport. Gymnastics, for example, might be very different to football. Um, so that, that could be in terms of what, where the athletes are at different stages, I'd imagine. Yeah. And, and different for different genders, right? Yeah. So, 
Um, so we really have to consider how how we do that. But sometimes too, uh, how we structure things are important for how, how we structure our competitions, as an example. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of times we might structure a competition like in a week, like we get for tournaments, yeah. where you know what we're actually doing is fatiguing players and increasing the risk of injury or likelihood of injury, <laughs> which isn't any good for anybody. And then you're only seeing them over that week. So what happens if Bob's confidence was low? What happens if Richard had an injury? What happens if um, Anne has been sick and didn't tell anybody? Mm. You know, so uh, you know, looking at these, looking at people, and I think we're in a reasonable position in New Zealand to do it because we are a bit smaller over a longer period of time, and with access to quality coaching, challenging and supporting on the way through, um, and you know, there's a lot of things coming in now about behaviours, so uh, and characteristics. But is that person a learner? Um, some of our best potential may not have learned to learn yet. Yeah. So right. you know, we've got to we've got to give them that opportunity first to test if they're a learner, and we can't do that in a weekend mm. when we're watching two games at once. Um, trying to get an 85% conversion rate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we're going to touch on the idea of sort of frameworks and structures within organisations and within teams and, and how coaches or clubs can, can work on that. So you've obviously talked a little bit about the talent ID side. What are your views when it comes to developing potential in people around some of the frameworks that coaches could implement within either a team culture or within a club culture? Yeah, so there's a... The sort of framework concept might be seen as a bit either old hat or taboo or, mm. you know, there's a, there's a, when you, I see people wince when I say the word pathway or framework <laughs> and, um, and, and I understand why they do. And, yeah. and so you, you either change the word, uh, or, or you educate the people. So, yeah. you know, for me, well, there's only so many words we can have, so I've already changed it twice. Yeah. <laughs> I can't change it again. It's so a fair point. I've gone down the education route. Yeah. <laughs> so we know that we know development's non-linear, non right? Mm -hmm. So we know um, that it takes different people different lengths of time. So individualization is important. Um, so to to a pathway or a framework has to be flexible. Yeah. Um, it has to be. Um, tolerant of exceptions mm -hmm. and it has to account for uh, and understand that process good process has to run, run alongside it so how do we exit a player how do we re-enter a player what about a late entry player you know when we consider the framework so we generally tend to have the skill set or the sport specific or physical dimensions required as the price of entry the gates wider, lower down, and and that's understandable and fair. It's also understandable and fair that later on it narrows, and you actually have to be better to stay in the system. So, for us, you know, our role here is high performance athlete development. So, uh, we do get to a point where we have to turn the heat on and go look, against world standards. How are we tracking? That's that's the price of entry, and then within that. What does good process and and best practice look like to de to develop players or or people, right? So, yeah. so I th I think um, 
for a person with a team or a club if they're developing a framework i think it's really important to have uh, solid guiding principles around how they operate to keep things in frame mm -hmm. you know how you speak to a high performance athlete versus a an emerging development athlete is quite different um, and how do how do you reframe yourself before you have that conversation can a framework do that for you so yeah. so rather than you have to run this fast and over this distance uh, those physical markers are there but I think for it to be holistic and have strands around nutrition psychology um, performance lifestyle uh, you know and those pieces woven in so the message is aligned uh, is really really important <clears throat> in a in a smaller stage like a club mm. or a coach with a team um, I think you can still have a lot of those things that's mm. just that the coach might be responsible for bringing them in when they when they see fit or when it when it's appropriate so it can be as big or small as you want yeah but ultimately I think having a guiding framework uh, enables you to be aligned to uh, what you identified at the beginning as best practice yeah um, and and you know there's a temptation at the moment to chop and change things all the time and and, and with that you might lose some sort of cord some continuity anyway on the way yeah. through yeah that flexibility or adaptability certainly stands out to me and obviously how you you know uh, understanding the level at which the athletes are operating is obviously pretty critical you know a group of under nine uh, players versus a group of elite players at the age of 20 or 22 is going to be a very different kind of approach in, in terms of your coaching practice there's often uh, sort of just moving on a little bit in terms of technology in sports and you've touched on physical measurements and sports science a little bit there's a bit of an obsession in modern sports with marginal gains and sports science is, is becoming more and more prevalent um, which in an elite performance environment it could be argued is very advantageous when you're talking about those those small gains but how can we ensure that coaches in a broader sense or coaches working in that developmental space can take that holistic pro approach that you're kind of advocating I don't believe it. Really? People are looking for marginal gains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the machine is in full flight. <laughs> <laughs> I've never come across that before. <laughs> um, uh, there's always there's always a temptation to try and replicate what's happening at high performance lower down. And we see it when um, potentially novice coaches go into an environment that's high performance and, and, the, and instead of asking the question that might be, look, how did these athletes transition into this program and what did you notice it's what session did you do on tuesday with an intention of replicating it when they get back to their home club or wherever that is so so that piece certainly isn't new the technology piece is is a little bit newer um people have always been looking for it but it's, it's more readily available now yeah um but there just isn't any point in having the icing if you haven't got the cake yeah it's, it's so a nice analogy it's, it's, yeah there's just too many people running around with bowls of icing you know and and look there's a lot of people trying to sell it too which mm. is which makes life difficult for let's say the purest development people because what we do isn't exciting mm. you know you know working in a gym with an athlete to get the fundamental movements right before we add load uh it's not exciting <laughs> but it's really necessary yeah. you know 
and there's always someone down the road that's willing to sell or oh, look come down to my gym you can lift on tuesday start on tuesday we'll have you lifting x amount of weight within six weeks and athletes parents and some coaches might be drawn to that because part of it is is that everybody thinks that their athlete their player their kid is the exceptional one mm. right and 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 for us you know we remind groups of athletes when they're together you guys are all exceptional mm. <laughs> <laughs> because they're they're high performance so yeah. you're already exceptional you're already yeah. exceptional to be the exception exceptional exceptional you have to be really exceptional yeah absolutely so we're trying to say well look you know remember that the main thing remains the main thing which is your development is important it's your future success that we're looking at not your success now and mm. success now is that uh performance at an event performance at a tournament performance at a competition or is it being able to get through 10 weeks in the gym with whatever progression and whatever loading without getting injured yeah sure because that lays the platform for a technical piece that you weren't able to deliver because you weren't strong enough so uh it's a hard sell it's mm. a really hard sell when there's so much icing around yeah um yeah absolutely and, well, like, um, go on sorry oh i just think it would be great you know we're doing a little bit of work at the moment on tracking people on the way through and and uh, and sort of what what does what do quality interventions look like mm -hmm. and then what's the longevity of that athlete that experienced quality interventions we just don't have that at the moment to be able to go back and say the sell to parents coaches athletes is look this is what good looks like in the sense we've got a we've got theory and concept and we've got pockets of evidence mm -hmm. but in a new zealand context we haven't quite got that yet sure. but we're not far away yeah, I think it's really interesting because those um, that I guess way to become exceptional or create a super strength in a, in a player or an athlete could come across anything in terms of technically, physically, psychologically. There could be those those sort of gains could come across any of those areas, couldn't they? So it's not just about the physical work as you've as you've cited as an example, but there, it, there could be strategies in place for resilience or coping mechanisms or how they deal with pressure or some kind of technical attribute which needs more work. So I guess it's about understanding the individual as you touched on earlier. Yeah, look, that's a really important one. and And if people don't have context uh like context is king right so mm. you work with a triathlete and you go like biomechanically we've got an issue so yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to break the run down we're going to address the the biomechanical issue in the run why we'll do that so we depower the run we'll power up the swim and we'll power up the bike sure but ultimately they're racing triathlon right so yeah. they're going to go swim well bike well and then they're going to hit the road and they're not going to run well because mm. they're not trained to run well at the moment so overall performance at the very best probably plateaus um or, or might dip without that context you could if you were just running the rule over it as an as a selector <laughs> yeah you could just that, that person could be gone oh they've plateaued you know they've got to go uh, the context is when we power the run up next year and they're not getting injured and they can do 12 16 week blocks at whatever we need them to do we're going to have we're going to have a different athlete on yeah, our hands yeah um and and so it's really important to consider it and really important to uh 
rationalize what you're doing with the athletes, coaches and parents of that age and stage because they're, they're also impatient. Yeah, the for system's sure. kind of impatient. They're impatient. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. And, and just continuing on the individual thread, obviously within team sports and and with athletes having mixed experiences, mixed abilities, particularly in development settings or club settings, um, you know, it's really important to sort of integrate and understand how those different in- individuals work. So, what advice do you have around how coaches can make sure every individual within a team setup is getting what they need? Yeah, so the the plan that we mentioned, that kind of framework, so what are you looking to achieve and how does everybody fit in it is really important at the beginning. And then when you've got that kind of string line of best, best practice, you can align the stages of the season and the individuals to different parts of that. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah, understanding the individual, understanding where they are in relation to each of the strands, say, of that framework to go, okay, yeah, well, look, you may have a really, really top performer. So delivers, executes on the day, but actually, you know, physically isn't robust. Mm. Mentally is still in the simple phase. They haven't gone through the complex phase yet to reduce it to simple again. Uh, Psych-wise, well, it's never been an issue yet. And so you can have players and athletes that go really well for a period of time, one, two, three years, and then they hit the complex stage and it all becomes really difficult. So so understanding where each person is in relation to what you've identified as uh, key for their development, so key strands for their development, and identifying the next steps on those. So what's the logical next step? Like I mentioned with the strength piece, well, well, they can deliver this technical element in canoe racing because they're not strong enough. So if you just go down the technical line, well, the next step is they've got to do this technical piece. Mm. But the logical step is do the strength piece first, yeah. then you can deliver the technical piece. So it takes time to think and plan your way around that. Yeah. And then so what? Then you know, so you know your audience, you know the individuals, you know what each of them are working on. And then your session design has to account and differentiate for those things, right? Mm. Not all the time, but at least some of the time. Yeah. Um, and it might come into frame in competition. So a really good player who's high in confidence, what you say to them before they take the field versus a potentially good player whose confidence is low might be two different messages. Yeah. You know, um, one could be in a phase where they're learning to win. One could be in a phase where they're learning to uh, perform certain elements of the game consistently under pressure. Mm. So, yeah, process outcome. Someone's ready for the outcome because they've got the processes to be able to, they've got the tools and somebody hasn't. And those both those players could be in the same game easily. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.